My name is Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. And places, everyone, it's time for... The Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith Show! Thank you, places. So what are you working on there? What's our craft tonight? What's our creativity craft? Well, since we started this idea of maybe working on a craft every uh, podcast, we tonight's specialty is... A coloring book, but not just any coloring book. This coloring book is from... It's from Stephen Gregory's all-time favorite zombie film in the world. It's called Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yes, that old chestnut. And so it's kind of campy and fun. We can't wait to show you the picture that we're going to finish tonight, but this picture that I'm coloring right now is from one of the characters in the show... Barbara, mm-hmm. and let's see, on this page she, it says, Barbara kept silent while Ben talked about his experience, period. Then she started talking about hers, comma, we were riding in the cemetery, Johnny and me. We came to put a wreath on my father's grave. He began teasing me, saying, they're coming to get you, Barbara, <laughs> which you have a jacket of. Mm-hmm. And I said, stop it, Johnny. This man then came up and grabbed me, and I shouted, Johnny, help me, help me. And that's the end of the the thing at the top of the page. What's funny about that is that this, that was the first song you ever wrote for Night of the Living Dead. You sat there, listened to what she said, and basically what she said, the dialogue of the film is exactly from the the film yeah is the song the song Johnny and Me that's right I forgot I sat there Stephen wanted us to this is probably another podcast which it would be just totally on the Night of the Living Dead but Stephen wanted me and him to work on the Night of the Living Dead together and I was like that sounds like a really bad idea and not knowing the film exactly in and out we were like okay let's watch the film and then I, well, we'll talk about later, but then I wrote down the the dialogue that Barbara said, and I turned it kind of into a, almost like a recitative-ish. It's like an aria. Yeah, it's like an aria, it feels like. Is that her hair? It's in a loop? Yeah. I mean, it was the 60s. Things were bouncy. She had that little flip on the end of the curled up flip. This is a fall. Yeah. So this is not her hair inside there? I mean, no, it, that's her only real hair. It's like a headband fall. Oh, Vincent made the Barbara wig for Carissa Swanigan to wear in our first production of Night of the Living Dead. God rest his soul. Oh my gosh, that's right. Um, um, so what will we do tonight? We'll finish this picture and then how will they find it? Yeah, um, so if you ever want to see how our crafting projects at the beginning of these episodes turn out. What color are the eyebrows? Well, she's a blonde. They're yellow. I mean, whatever you want. It's your creative project. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page, Connor and Smith. Um, just search Connor and Smith on Facebook. It should pop up. Um, we're not that museum in DC. That's just Connor Smith. No and. Although well, we, we do want to have a party there once and have like a concert. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, you can see our f- finished. Are those orange lips? You said I could do whatever I That's want. That's right. You can do whatever you want. Um, you can see our finished art project there, and it, it will be a, a work of art. Last week, we did the, the uh, conversation hearts. We turned our hearts into arts, and uh, we did the stamps last week, and they're still up on the tree until after tomorrow. We'll take them down. That's sort of like our theme, isn't it? Like, turn your heart to art? That was a quote that you once said, and I always loved it. No, it wasn't once. It was many times. Okay, but you originally said it once, and then you said it many times after. But what I was trying to say is it's it's your quote. Yeah, I think that both of us and many people, and a lot of people we're going to talk to tonight, have turned their heart into art, kind of like constantly transforming, you know, life um, situations into creative... um, a creative exercise of how to fix a problem or how to think things out like when you move or meeting new friends or financial things job things um, everything is really kind of like that don't you think yeah just life experience does that look cute yeah she's she's really she's really looking foxy in that farmhouse 
What color is the what color is the chair? It's whatever. I don't, it's it? a black and white film, so really, there's anything's on the table. It's up for interpretation. Just don't ever watch the colorized versions. They're creepy and terrible. Um, so anyway, that's our craft project. We'll be coloring this picture throughout, and uh, we'll take a picture, put it on our Cotter and Smith Facebook page later. Also, just a... We have a special guest coming on tonight. We do, but just before we talk about that, just a quick tidbit. Uh, our great friend, Lee Delano, has been working, slaving away on our website, which will be going live very soon. It's very exciting. Um, and it will you'll be able to find our podcast there. You'll be able to find our YouTube channel. You'll be able... Which I made and forgot that I made it. You're going to find everything there. Yeah, everything that's us, um, how to listen to our music, etc. Uh-oh, Eddie's up and about. That's not a good sign. Um, all right, so we're going to come back to our special guest in just a moment. But first, this message. Isn't that, like, the worst way to go to a commercial? After these messages, and it's probably just going to be... We'll be right back. It's going to be me reading an Anchor commercial, but Anchor FM, the best in podcasts. Hold, please. Okay, we are back here on the air with our special Hello. guest. Let me let me introduce her. Uh, she is a Helen Hayes. Oh, are you there? Hello. There we are. Yeah, I was trying to use my microphone, but it seemed to not <laughs> want to let me, so I just disconnected it. This is the Helen Hayes Award-winning, phenomenal. Uh, beautiful best friend of me and Matthew, who has appeared on stages all across the country, um, whether in uh, Oklahoma at Arena Stage or the Lion King Tour or Les Mis at Signature or even Meet John Doe at Ford's Theater. It is the lovely, beautiful and talented Alicia Gamble. Welcome, Alicia. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. Uh, you know, trying to uh, recover from a very interesting week of impeachment trial. Something was happening this week? <laughs> I know. Well, you know, this is all something happening up on Capitol Hill. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, um, I was trying to put together... Matt is also here. Matt, do you want to say hello? Hello, I'm here. <laughs> Hello, Maddie Mateo. You know, it's funny. We were just, me and Stephen were talking uh, the other night when we were thinking about what we were to all talk about. And, and I said, gosh, let's think about what shows did we, the three of us, do together? I know that all of us, I know that me and Alicia performed without Stephen, and Stephen and Alicia performed without Matt. Not as well, but... Um, the shows, can you, can you think of the shows that the three of us did together? Hold on, let me, let me, let me pull up my resume, because, you know, I used to be able to, like, remember everything, and a sign of, of age, I, the first, I the, forget the first, a lot of stuff. The first show, um, let's just say it was sleeveless. Evan Hoffman uh, crashed through <laughs> one of the lights. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the... Um, my Fair Lady at the SIG, at the old SIG on Four Mile Run. Mm -hmm. The last show in the old SIG. No. Was that, the, yeah, this was, that was the last official, the, the last full show. Yes. The last? Absolutely. The, then the next show I think we did together involved you with a nose. Yeah, so Into the Woods. Then the Matt, next... was that the only, was, was in, was that the only one? Was, um... At, at the old space? Well, yeah, was, um, I, yeah that, the three, that the three of us were in together, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I think we were only in one more show together, and that was where somebody the had... Lame, huh? Lame is. Yes! Rotting from the inside <laughs> out. Rotting from the inside out. You know what? Oh, we're going to hear a little bit more about Lame is later. Okay. <laughs> um, Steven, what's your first thing you want to talk about? Well, I... First met Alicia, I guess with you, we ran into her and someone else who I can't remember on the like uh, downtown on the mall. That's the first time I remember on meeting. The mall? Yeah, really? not at at only when I was doing. Uh, what's that say that again? Uh, not during 
when I was doing West Side Story with Matt? Um, I, I don't think I really, I saw the show, but I don't think I've met you, met you, like, okay. that I recall. You, you mean, you, we met, you met Alicia on the Washington Mall? She was with someone else who was also in West Side Story. I think it was the girl who was playing Anita. That's very possible. I was very, me and, uh, me and Maria Francesconi were, were dear friends. So that, that's possible. That was her, yes. Yep, that's, that was her. Girl, I keep losing you. Are you on the speaker? I'm not. I'm on my. Uh, maybe it's because my my earphones are in. Hold on. Let me let me put my earphones away because I was hoping it would make things easier to hear you guys. But maybe my where's my ding ding ding. It might be because he's trying to use the mic on my earphones. Hold on. Let me put how is my how's my coloring coming along? Your coloring looks great. Looks fantastic. Are you done? Well, I, we picked something that only had four colors. That's That was your vision. I'm going to take over. Is that better? Can you hear me better? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think it was because my, um, the little microphone on my earphones, I think just wasn't, isn't powerful enough. This sounds crystal clear and lovely. Okay. okay. I'll just turn you guys up because I, I'm not hearing you as well, but that's fine. Um... So then we did, our first show together was Grand Hotel. At your service. Grand Hotel. Grand. I'll never forget that. Every, as long as I live, I will always want to put the C instead of a G for Grand Hotel. Well, that is why he won. John Kopfleisch won the Helen Hayes for musical direction of that. Oh, I mean, we were, we were together. You can't say that that ensemble and that orchestra were not sharp in together mm-hmm. and then i was trying to figure out besides those three shows we did together what were the other shows you and i did together so here's the list and i'm i don't think i'm leaving anything off uh the civil war at fords yes um the workshop of the boy detective fails correct yes you were violet do i was uh and of course Oliver at Arena. Oliver. Oliver. <laughs> yes. But you and I were also in the B cast of Nevermore and Crossing and The Hollow. What's the B cast? That means the cast that the songs were B U I L T on. I was about to say, I was like, we weren't officially on the B cast. We were just the people that were working on the back, working in the background. Wait, you, wait. Do you remember we used to do like all those concerts every Labor Day at the candy stand for yes, like six honey. years? Those That's things what... were those were a big deal. It was always like, oh, it's that time of year for the because they're Center. still on the internet. You can still watch them. Oh, really? Yes, you go to the for our listeners who are curious. You go to the Kennedy Center Millennium Stage page. You can search out Signature Theater and Matt Connor and all kinds of stuff will come up, but. That's that's probably why it felt like we did so many more shows together than we did, because we did that like every year. I mean, every year it was like, it's Millennium Stage time. Yay. I'm um, sure, but, though, I could have sworn there was more. Maybe I don't know. Was. I think you were just always at our show. and We were singing. I, I, always at our house and we were singing. So it that seemed like tr- we were always doing shows together. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. But you also appeared in Matt Connor's Partial Eclipse at the Signature Theater. That is, yes, yes, yes. Now. Well, don't forget the ballet show we did. <laughs> the uh, Kendra and Ebb, uh, the yep. music of. Yes, with Lucy Bowen Macaulay dance. Where your wig fell off. Yes, it did, honey. But you know what? You just keep on keeping on. I have never laughed so hard on a stage <laughs> and I have laughed many times because it was, she was doing like a very, she was, it was the end of the song. It was drama, listeners. honey. I was giving you a dramatic hair flash. It, it was the end of the world goes round the song and she gave a big head flip flourish and that wig came right off and I went and collapsed behind the piano. <laughs> Oh, yes. good times. <laughs> um, so the uh, Partial Eclipse was like a song cycle uh, 
of Matt's new music, some new, some from shows yet undone. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of his favorite songs, you actually sang in that. Did you know that? I don't know if I did. What is that favorite song, Matt Connor? Uh, That favorite song was was called Until. Oh, yes. That is a good one. And I don't know why I thought it was... um, a very interesting kind of uh, voice I had in that song as a composer. Mm, it's a great song. I, I usually don't write something quite so poppy with sort of a hook that feels like it's not from a mm. musical theater show. Yeah, I think you're right. It is very, you know, now that I think about it and it's breakdown and it's makeup, it is very different, especially at that time, you know, with this, a lot of the kind of music you you were writing. It is very it's a very different sound than some of your other stuff. Cause you're right. Well, there stuff. is a hook. There is a, you keep going back to that until like, it's, it's yeah, it's a great song. I started, uh, I started writing all the original material for that show. Mm. And then I found out I wasn't going to get paid to write the show. <sighs> and this is just me coming clean on my own <laughs> podcast. So just beware. <laughs> that I, I found out I was not going to get paid to write the show. So then the rest of the show, I just pulled existing material because I was like, um, yeah. But you know Shots what? fired! It worked. It worked so well. I mean, I really, you know, I loved doing that show. I thought it was great. The music was great. You know, the overall presentation I thought was wonderful. I think it was super successful. So, like, even for it to be, you know, your trunk songs, so to speak, I thought it was cohesive and such a fun evening. It was really well. I I loved it. I still love listening to some of that music when it pops up on my iPad. I, You know, I've got it on videotape. Oh, do you? Uh Uh-huh. Isn't that funny? It was good stuff. So, you know, you you had good stuff that had been unused to pull out it, it worked great and now getting down to the bottom of my show list here mm-hmm. thing who could forget the cabarets ebony and ivory yes one and two the second coming the second coming uh listen there are still some of my favorite cabaret moments ever in both of those shows including I think this was in the second one, but us singing When You're Next to Me from A Mighty Wind. Well, because we went through a whole phase where we loved A Mighty Wind. <laughs> so It's not a phase. It's a lifestyle. It is. It's a, you know, a, that was such an underrated film. A lot of people. But, you know, now that people are huge fans of Shit's Creek, they might mm-hmm. go back and, and realize, you know, like how great the- Eugene Levy and... Um, Oh, God. Catherine O'Hara. Yes, Catherine O'Hara. Were, and especially in that one, their chemistry together and their singing voices are so great. But the music is so that, good. Isn't that so true about a lot of the stuff that we kind of do where in the moment it doesn't seem quite as fantastic as in hindsight? We're like, you know, Shit's Creek didn't start out uh, with a huge following. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, now we're, we're watching um, The Office and it's like, oh my gosh, why weren't we watching this when it was on? You know, I think, you know, I'm also so weird, like, in that case, like, I have yet to really see the full office, like, I've seen, like, an episode or two, but then I also stop watching because I'm like, no, I eventually want to start from the beginning, but there is always a part of me that didn't want to jump on the bandwagon whenever. I'm always that way, too. (laughs) I still haven't read the Harry Potter books or seen the movies. Oh, wow. Yeah. When everybody likes something, I like tend to resist and I don't know why. Yeah, I get like that. Unless I'm already in on it. Like if I started, if I had started watching, I think the office when it started before the hype came, then I may have kept going. But I think, you know, kind of like uh, Breaking Bad. Like I haven't seen Breaking Bad either. And everyone's like, you'll love it. I'm like, I'm sure I will someday. I haven't either. (laughs) But you got me hooked on Arrested Development. That is true. And I am still trying to get Matt hooked on that because I think it's so it still funny. holds up. Oh my god, it's so funny, Matt! You would love it. It's it's our sense of humor. Yeah, well, what I've seen of it, I love. Uh, that's the one with the banana. Sh- yes, shack, the banana right? shack. There's I always mean, cash in the banana stand. <laughs> I mean, I love I love all of the characters, and I I love what I've seen. I just don't have a very good te- television attention span. I can understand that. Unless it's Bridgerton. Which I have well, not the, seen yet. Or The Crown. Or The, or the Crown. Crown. I'm also, or The Queen's Gambit. I will say I'm also weird in that sense that I, you know, 
comfort and maybe it's just a comfort thing, but sometimes when I just need to, you know, if I have other things to do or I need to do something, but I want voice, basically, I end up watching the same series like over and over again. Like I watch stuff I've already seen basically because it's like comfort, but then it's also something that I don't have to fully focus on where with new shows, you want to pay attention. You don't want to miss anything. Yeah, I, I put on, I, I have my definite comfy kind of, it's it's always great to put on something you've seen so many times because you don't have to pay attention right. to it, but you it can... you enjoy something, the company of mm-hmm. it. Um, who's the guy who's the lead in Bridgerton? I don't know. I've never seen think him they want before. Him... He's handsome. but I think they want him to be the next James Bond. Oh, I could see that. He's handsome. He's young, though. Isn't the next James Bond a woman? Uh, you know what? I've heard, I've heard that too. But I thought yeah. she was like James Bond in like an offshoot. I don't know. I don't keep. I don't you know what? We're, we're going to get to pop culture in a little bit. Um, <laughs> I don't either. I just remember seeing the headline, but I feel like I also read that it was like, like it wasn't like the next movie. I could be wrong, so nobody out there like come at me. But I, no I thought it was for like an offshoot, like of the character. But I, I don't really know. I don't. I'm not. I don't really follow James Bond, honestly. I. I want to talk now about a very huge chapter in your life. Now, should we act like we're going to take a break and, and insert a break later and say, hey, this is a break time and then and keep going? Um, I think we can get th- through this before the next okay. thing. Yeah. yeah. Before um, the next episode. So, you know, I'm a new podcaster, so I'm asking questions just live on the air. Hey, we already got one commercial break in, so we're Why good. Why not? Um, so... Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. Yes. Can we can we talk a little about the Oklahoma experience? And do you recall you visiting me at when I used to work at Ticket Place downtown when breaking news happened? I mean, I, I definitely do. I mean, you know, I don't want to blow up anyone's privacy, so I won't go into full details. Oh, no, um, no. But no. I, I definitely do remember when I, you know when there was a real possibility of that show happening for me, um, stopping by Ticket Place with you and Stevie Kupo and just being like, um, can I just whittle this with you for a second? Um, and I, I mean, I remember it was just a, uh, a, a wicked crazy time. Oof. But you took the role of took over the role of Lori. Um, had you ever seen Oklahoma prior? No. no. I knew. I, I mean, Be- other than because just general, general, like real vague general information, I knew. Obviously, you know, being a, a music major and music theater, like I knew of the show, but you know, I never would anyone, especially then when I was in college, no one had any inclination or thought that a black woman would play Lori in Oklahoma. She was always a blonde haired, blue eyed chick, you know, and that was it. Like it never even crossed the radar. It was never, it was, it was never even uh, a possibility. Like no one even broached that. And yeah, uh, now I can't see it any other way. Um, (laughs) Honestly, that production was landmark in so many ways. Um, just the, the the history that Molly delved into with who was actually in the Midwest at that time. Yeah, I think, and the accuracy. Yeah, you know? I think what you know, and and what a lot of people, you know, what I think other iterations, and then just historically, I think what people forget is that you know how diverse uh, America was back then. You know, it wasn't just. Um, you know, white folks on the prairie. Like there were, there were all sorts of people trying to make a start in this brand new, soon to be state. Like there, there were people just trying to get by and trying to make ends meet. And you know, was it as diverse as we had it in the show? Who knows. But what I liked about the concept was it was a reminder and of just what America looks like then and now, and how you know, how we all are stitched into this fabric of, of what America is. And this was pre Hamilton too. It was. Um, and it, it was the same. I'll never forget. I saw it, I believe two times. Um, 
I, I saw it with a talk back of kids from uh, school kids from DC. And I heard a young girl say in the, the talk back, I've never seen myself on stage mm. before. Yeah. And I started like crying because I was like, that's so powerful. What, what you guys did for all those children and for all those people. And just the, like, Oh, why couldn't there be people of color in a traditionally white show? I mean, this was years before all the, the casting, you know, discussions started and everything about like diversification of, of things. And why are we telling this story if we're not telling it, you know, with yeah, everybody? I think um, we, I think that show, that production definitely began a conversation that hadn't really been put front and center because soon after that production, there were, umpteen productions of Oklahoma with um, whether it was mixed cast or there was like I believe like one um, all African American cast and obviously we had the one that Mm -hmm. finally went to Broadway Um, but it kind of I think opened up that door that uh, you know let people realize yes you can take these classics and make them reflect the community that you, you know, whether you live in or diversify it, that these aren't precious things that need to be encased in, in glass and never changed or adjusted. And we didn't change anything, but it was interesting how many people, like, you know, at talkbacks or, you know, at the stage door would ask us, oh, did you guys change the dialogue? And we'd be like, no, <laughs> you're just hearing it in a completely different way because you have different people playing these roles yeah i mean it was it was it was so great to see um it did seem different but it seemed revitalized it seemed uh of the moment and important you know um especially when uh when thinking about just the the optimism of the day it was obama era you know there was a different feel of like hope it's a brand yeah, new world. You know, know? Like when, uh, when Curly, when Nicholas um, was as Curly, you know, after he and Lori, you know, decide that they're going to get married and, you know, he does that speech about how it's a whole new world and he's so full of hope and they, you know, are excited about becoming yeah, uh, a part of the union. Like it's all about that hope. And we definitely were feeling, you know, like you said, hopeful during that time. And, you know, just the, the idea and, and possibilities that existed for everyone in America, because there was a lot of change happening around that time. Hmm. Well, um, that show, yeah, that kind of launched you on a new, different trajectory. You you left this area. You were um, you've done the national tour of uh, the Lion King. You've done some TV stuff and like. And now we're in COVID. Now we're in COVID. Yeah, yeah, what a crazy time. But, but you know, only for now, as we all say. I was about to say, Alicia, you, weren't you on tour with Alicia Woods? Yes. Fiasco Theater Productions. Now, wasn't that the one? Talk about the creative use of that of that show. They did. They did something different with the sort of the 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 set and blocking yeah a lot of it so i mean basically what we were um we toured fiasco theater productions version of into the woods so fiasco theater is a theater company um that is based in new york and they you know with permission of sondheim and uh james lapine basically took the show i mean they're mostly straight actors um so they kind of looked at it from from more of the the straight theater perspective than you know just typically putting on into the woods, and they're a smaller company, uh, so they basically kind of not fully took it apart, but they went and found places that were necessary, what wasn't necessary, what helped streamline you know the actual story and how they could do it with a cast of basically eleven people and the music director who was on the piano. So that translated into, you know, we kind of were the storytellers, like the whole concept is we were storytellers. So we would switch around certain, you know, certain characters were played by multiple people. Um, And you were the baker's baker's wife. wife. Um, You know, so you had, 
like the princes were also, you know, the stepsisters. Rapunzel was also Little Red. Like, you know, like, so we all kind of jumped around. And then we also played various instruments because we didn't have an orchestra. Um, and so it was, it was interesting having done Into the Woods uh, two other times for this production how much I learned about the show in that production, things that I didn't realize that I had missed before. Like it's, it made it a lot clearer for me. I was more aware of this, the actual overarching story. And maybe because we were just the nature of it being so stripped down the story, the book actually, you know, I think a lot of people think of that show as solely Sondheim, but the book is so, so strong that the book really popped for me in a way that it never had before, you know, and it just, it moved me every time that show, you know, every, we toured it all over the country for about, was it almost six months, I think. Um, And it, it never ceased to move all of us. Um, But we were very much a company because we did everything. We didn't leave the stage until, you know, people started dying in the second half, but we did everything together in that show and it was very much a company and it was it was a really great experience now alicia we are we were started this new thing that's called five minute, minute phone, phone friends okay. and so you're going to be a part of that i just want to let you know that someone might be our five minute friend might be popping in okay. here any second and if that happens you just okay. stay on and we're going to try to make this this little five-minute special um, kind of okay. short and sweet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but but I, I really wish I had seen that production. Is is there a way I can watch the I fiasco? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> is there a way I can watch, watch the fiasco? fiasco? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I, who's to say? There's probably bootlegs somewhere. I don't know if they have, like, an official... Not legally. I don't know. Oh, our five-minute phone <gasps> friend has Lovely. joined Come us. On. Please, please oh, welcome. <laughs> it is Wesley Woodley. Welcome, Wesley. Hey guys. Hey. Oh, what's up, Wes? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> oh, we're just getting ready to do late night for people. I'm ready. I'm rotting from the inside out. Rotting from the inside out. That's the second time that phrase was used tonight because we were talking about Les Mis. Wesley, can you can you fill in the audience who's probably w- wondering what that well, means? Well, rotting from the inside out means that none of the girls in the show could look better than the boys. <laughs> That's basically what rotting exactly. from the inside out means. <laughs> And so we all had a horrible makeup that made us look like crap. <laughs> While the guys were painting on their abs. <laughs> well, it's true. It is true. But, you know, I we mean, had little pieces listen, of hair, we... so it looked like we kind of had hair <laughs> sticking out of do-rats. Wig bits. There were like wig bits. Two tendrils. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hilarious. So Wesley, we're you know we're we just started our, our podcast and we're also just really exploring um, creative things right now. What are you doing right now to get us through this? I mean, I know that you have a family, and so that's a lot of creativity, right? Yeah. There. Well, I have a photography business now that I absolutely love, and and she's me- amazing at award-winning Wesley oh, Woodley it. photography. <laughs> but I love it because it is just it just feels the same as theater. It's just telling stories but with a different medium, I guess, but I absolutely love it. So that fills my time. And I had 20 clients today and like 32 yesterday. So my days have been really full, which I'm super grateful for. Um, What is your website? It's wesleywoodleyphoto.com. Wesley spelled W-E-S-L-I-E. Wesley Woodley. Do it. Oh my gosh, our first sponsor. <laughs> Yay! Tonight's episode is brought no, it's I guess it's not tonight. It's tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this. Yeah, not now. Oh gosh, I hope this isn't a horrible show. This is brought to you by Wesley Woodley <laughs> Photography, based in Rod. Oh, is it, are you in Charlotte? Charlotte. Charlotte? 
You're in Charlotte, North yes. Carolina. Wesley saw Into the Woods. She came with the kids. I sure did. And actually, speaking of, here, do you want to say hey? Hi. <gasps> I love my Willow Jane. <laughs> Willow just Hi, jumped Willow. into our podcast. She jumped into my lap and was like, wait, I think I heard my I hear my godmama's voice. <laughs> but they came and saw Into the Woods. And I know for a fact that Willow Jane was obsessed with Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was pretty young and she sat through well, the entire be? show. And we all know Into the Woods is like three hours. So that's saying something. Totally. Both kids did. And I remember, it's actually funny, it pops up on my Facebook memories today that on the way home, Willow said, um, Chase, you pretend to be Alicia and I'll be pretend to be the giant. AKA, <laughs> she wanted to stomp him dead. <laughs> I'm going to step on you. <laughs> Which was in that version of the show, like how the baker's wife died, is we had a piano on the stage. And so basically, I would climb up onto the piano and then I fell, trust fall, backwards off of the piano to signify myself being killed. Yes. Oh, that trust falls are so much fun. I got used to it after a while. You were so beat up on that show. I was. That show required a lot. It took a lot out of us. My body, my body was hurt. Yeah. So we were discussing a sh- another show that both of you were in earlier. That was was Matt Connor's Yay. partial eclipse. Um, I remember you kind of like had a Madonna look going on. It was yes, everything. I had a bustier. Um. I forgot yes. about that. I don't... Yes. And you sang a love song with Alicia, yeah. kind of, oh right? My gosh, Which I... one? Oh, gosh. Did we? Oh, Cinderella. Cinderella. Um, Cinderella? I thought Cinderella was a solo. Was it not? It was a solo that I think then you came in, like, towards the end. You don't need a lot to do. Yeah, you kind of. Yeah, you gave me, like, some, like, advice. And then we were like, oh, we don't need a man. Oh, we got, gosh, I forgot about that part. Of the I know, song. same. Right. I totally forgot too. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah that that was uh, yeah that was an incredible show. We were just talking about how much we. Well, we no wonder we didn't get nominated. No one understood the plot. There wasn't. I got a, it. it was a it's just been a cycle. minute. I, my old my old age. I'm forgetting all the things. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you guys. Oh, oh, we miss you. Oh my gosh, I I'm glad that. Um, so are you doing a lot of outdoor? Well, not today because it's like 32 and rainy here. It's gross. But I have a studio. I have a brick and mortar studio that I love. It's in this like old 150 year old building. It's so cute. It's really great, and so it's like my little happy place, and I just can go there and create. And so today and yesterday, I was I was shooting there, but um. Yeah, I kind of shoot all over the place, like outside, inside. There are a couple cool studios, like commercial studios I shoot in here. But yeah, it's been great. And what's weird is it really is like it just scratches that same itch as performing um, in whatever my weird creative brain. It, it really feels the same. So, And is it mainly like, could you describe the like scope of your work as far as uh, family portraits, like baby port, like what's, what's your, so my favorite is portraiture. Um, I've learned that I just am not really like, I don't love event photography. I mean, I've shot them, but for me, it's kind of like, thank you. (laughs) Well, okay. I love shooting yours, but I did shoot your wedding, but I, (laughs) I, I love setting up moments and maybe that's like the theater background in me, like the more director brain. Mm -hmm. Um, there's such an art to event photography where people just see these moments happening in the moment and can grasp them quickly where I'm like you know I would put you over there where the light is a little bit better like I just like to see the whole big picture so I kind of built my business on just that so I just do portraiture um and I've branched out a little bit beyond families and babies and all that stuff and done more branding um stuff for like businesses I'm working with this plastic surgeon right now which is super fun and I get to scrub into surgery and like I've seen all the things in surgery which has been really crazy wait you scrubbed into surgery I don't know if I oh multiple do times I've seen I didn't hear this mm-hmm. one I've seen rock. yeah I can't believe you're yeah. you miss squeamish I know I'm so squeamish the first time I said I might go down 
and then I didn't. Um, and it's weird in the medical world how you, you do get desensitized to seeing that stuff pretty quickly. It's crazy. I love it. I'm so fascinated by it. In fact, the other day I was watching a surgery on YouTube in the middle of the night because, you know, YouTube becomes a black hole of... <laughs> Yeah, you, also, you, you start out one place and all of a sudden you're like, how am I watching a surgery of them going into someone's artery? Okay. Yeah. Well, I love it. No and man. I've seen it all. I mean, I, no can't do, I can't do the beginning parts. Like, I don't think I can watch somebody get cut open. Ah, um, yeah. I don't think I can do that. But I, I go in and I take pictures of him and his nurses. Like, I'm not taking pictures of the actual surgery, but I am in there. Um, so that's been really cool. And then I have a big branding event coming up this Friday that's like like a realtor and a doctor and another photographer and so it's it's just fun I love I love being around people I sing a lot in my sessions with little kids so I still kind of use the things that I used to do um I really do sing a lot <laughs> Most, you know, either the kids love it or they absolutely hate <laughs> it um but yeah it's it's really fun I enjoy it so and then she's mom extraordinaire. Well, in fact, just with Willow with dance and Chase with baseball. Lots going on. Busy, busy. I love it. I love to hear that you're working on branding and things like that. My gosh. Oh, like, well, we could I'll use be in town here. and we um, can totally play. I would love to help. I love it. Well, um, we are approaching. Uh, 40 minutes of this podcast so i just want to i want to do something as we're wrapping um pop Ooh, cool. culture current what is getting you through what is your go-to what kind of uh shows books music whatever you just the first things that pop to your head that have been like on the top uh, of your list oddly the news uh, alicia go. i mean i think you know, for good or bad, um, <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I definitely have been watching the news a lot more than I think I ever have. I mean, I think with the past administration, I became more into politics and paying attention more. But, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, especially after January 6th and then the, the inauguration, like I've been glued and the impeachment, I've been glued to my TV <laughs> like yeah. daily. I mean, I woke up early today because I was like, oh, they start at 10 today. It's not noon. So that has, mm -hmm. I guess, been getting me through. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thing. I feel like I've been so bogged down with the news. And, you know, I mean, it's just heavy. And sometimes you have to take breaks. So on the flip side of that, I mean, gosh, some good old trash TV on Bravo, um, some TikTok. I can get lost on TikTok. Like sometimes you just need the stupid stuff to like balance it all out because it gets heavy, you know? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's so interesting that like, what year did we do like this together? Yeah. Oh, 2008. Goodness. Wow, 2008. It feels like yesterday, but yet so far away. 2008 was a different world. It really was. You didn't have any kids. Well, I was. I was going to say in 2008, I don't think I could have even listed five people in the Congress. Probably not. And now, like I know details. I definitely had more teeth. Okay, old man, and more hair. <laughs> um, it, it's been a long time, and a lot has changed. But a lot it's not remains. Your teeth. Um, <laughs> just not my, not all my teeth. I lost one. It's not that big of a deal. Um, and I go into it anytime soon. You know what I mean? I know Matthew. You've been into what? What are your, your latest pop culture like binges? What you watching? Well, I don't binge anything. Uh, but lately, because we've been camping together <laughs> for a year, that uh, I watched the entire Crown. Mm -hmm. I watched all of Broad so Church. I love that show. Now mm. I'm watching Bridgerton. Stephen bought me Dolly Parton's latest book that is all about her lyric writing oh, and cool. how songs came to be. Because you know, I mean, nobody she's Dolly. universally nobody. loved. Mm. Hello, I'd run for president. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Dolly and, and Oprah. And, Ooh, no, Dolly yes. and Stacey That's Abrams. a winning combo. Yeah. combo right there. Better. Um, Only if Dolly's <laughs> VP. But, but but we've been lucky. We, we've been lucky. We've we've been very uh, busy this past year. I've been busier than ever. I mean, I'm teaching mm, 33 wow. classes a week. All those kids stuck in the house. Yeah, yeah. a lot of piano lessons. So I need that number of Wesley's um, hookup for my eyes. Oh, for the, oh, for the uh, plastic well, surgery? I need a tuck. Oh. Wait, is an eye a tuck? <laughs> Wait, what? Now? What are you, you gonna trying to do? Are you... <laughs> it, it, was I, a friend of mine. I don't think you want an eye tuck. Wait, wait. No, a friend of mine just had like little fat bags or whatever they are. Oh yes, the eyelid. The that's eye. the eyelid surgery, and that is that. That is another one that I was supposed to be in on, and I was like, I will remove myself from this. I cannot watch an eyeball <laughs> be like sewn. No, no, thank you. Oh my god! But I would find yes, that so yeah. fascinating. <laughs> you do not need an an eye tuck. You don't need one. Well, the person that I know that had it, they look incredible. Yeah. Did they do anything for the saggy well, there's gels? There's all kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the saggy gels on the side is usually some kind of facelift situation. Or there's the Kybella, which is like the injections for down there. I was about to say, they'll give you some. Listen, I've been wearing a chin <laughs> no, <you> bra. <laughs> and I don't think it helps. I think it just holds it tight when it's on. Otherwise, you look like oh you're wearing your mask on your chin. True story. True story. Stephen walks around the house looking like he is the understudy <laughs> for Joe Crawford. You got to hold oh things God. in place. They fall. Yeah, that's why I'm. Okay, Joe, just change the subject. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. Um, as far as pop culture for me, I've been rereading uh, Stephen King's oh. Needful Things book um, that was his first book, Sober. Um, and it's also like a, a dedication to the 80s and like the uh, I want mm. the capitalism that like, you know, material possessions of the 80s. And so I'm doing a deep dive into that book. I'm listening to a podcast that analyzes the book. And then I'm going to watch the movie just to kind of seal it shut. It was uh, a, one of my first Stephen King books that I actually read because it came out in like 91. Um, but uh, I've been reading that. We've just, I'm on a Stephen yeah. King, I'm always on a Stephen King kick. We just watched oh, the, the CBS stand. All Access, mm -hmm. uh, The Stand. <laughs> um, we watched it. It was it was pretty good until the last episode, and then it became kind of the stand for dummies of like this. This is just, why we tell the like, story. Yeah, so I'll finish the stand. She's like, "Yeah, don't don't bother." I was like, "Oh no." I mean, there's a lot of pretty people. James Marsden is a treat. So is uh, so is the guy from uh, True Blood, oh, um, who's the Scars what's his name? Skarsgård. Delicious. But. Yeah, he is, and he's, he's a good actor. All too. kinds of he's kind unclothed of a good in this. Randall Flag. I could mm -hmm. see that. I could see him as a Randall Flag. I haven't seen it. It is, it is definitely uh, the really? stand for the okay. Trump era, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's all pointed <laughs> in that. So I enjoyed that kind of aspect of it, but it didn't <laughs> end well. Um, but that's been basically my. Uh, recent pop culture well, things, but that's just, that's you're, you're uh, talking about a podcast. Maybe think of Wesley and I were talking the other day. She got me on this ooh, podcast, Dead Eyes, called Dead Eyes. Have you guys heard about this podcast? Tell us about it. Okay, so it's about this no. actor, and of course, no. I'm terrible with names, so I have no idea who it is. But this actor who got his first acting job in um, well, his big break, yeah, was his big to break be in uh. You know, remember uh, Band of Brothers, Tom Band Hanks of Brothers, with Tom Hanks. And his it was mm -hmm. a really minor part. So he all yep. of his lines were like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like, <laughs> you know, just super minor, minor part. And the day before they were supposed to film, they came to him and they said, we're really sorry, but Tom Hanks is having second thoughts. He saw your audition tape <laughs> and he thinks that you have dead eyes. <laughs> and so he has to go in and re-audition re-audition re and Hanks. read for Tom Hanks <laughs> and he has the whole like, oh, read through no. and it's t literally like yes sir yes sir <laughs> there's like nothing to it <laughs> and then he leaves the room and then this woman comes out and says like we're so sorry we're going in a different direction 
So now I don't know how many years later that is, like 20, that has to almost 25 like, years ago, maybe. Yeah, no, I think 22? it was at least like 20, like some 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah he's doing this podcast <laughs> and it's like, if, if Serial was like his mission to figure out why Tom Hanks fired him from that job. And he interviews the guy who replaced him. Oh my God. He interviews all these actors who've worked with Tom Hanks. It's hysterical. He like tried to find like the agent. Uh, who was yeah. there who gave him the news but they wouldn't talk to him so he finally got like another agent who's like here's what probably happened like he is just on this mission it's trying to f- see if he can figure out why he or like why fired. yeah like does he have or dead eyes what does, does that mean dead eyes? <laughs> <laughs> i it am going so to listen good. to that that it's sounds so amazing good. i love it um it also reminded me of a quick side story that you need to tell about a certain oh audition, Wesley, that you had. So so uh, funny you brought that up because so Willow, my daughter, is seven and she now is this like competitive dancer. She dances like 15 hours she's a week. so good. It's just hilarious that she's this little dancer. And so I was at a dance convention in Myrtle Beach this last weekend and with a bunch of moms, dance moms, just like the show. And I somehow, they were talking about how the moms should recreate one of the, like, they have this group called Steps to Pro, which is like their little pre-professional group, one of their modern dance numbers. And I was like, well, let me tell you a little story. (laughs) (laughs) So that totally came up this weekend. But yes, um, probably one of the biggest auditions that I ever had was for Frank Wildhorn (laughs) for Dracula in like, 2000 I mean it must have been like in 2000 I bet I I think I was 20 maybe it might have even been like yeah it might have been 1999 it was a it was a while ago and I auditioned and then I got a call back and then I got another call back and then I was singing for um the music director and he had me sing my whole book and like that's the only time that's ever happened to me in my short little career and so I mean I sang probably 10 songs for him that day and he was like oh we want to have you back um we'd like for you to sing for frank and for the whole <laughs> the whole um you know the whole crew so i come in and they were also doing camille claudel which didn't they just do that at signature or they were going to okay uh, so it was dracula to, yeah. and camille claudel were, were simultaneously being auditioned and they called me back for mina in Dracula, which was like one of the female leads. And then they also were seeing this dancer, this modern dance phenom girl for Camille Claudel. And somehow they confused us and they thought I was the dancer. And they had told me that I was going to do some ballroom, like Phantom of the Opera style ballroom. So I went to like the Capizio dance store and got like head to toe dance wear to like make myself look legit I think I even bought like a pair of jazz sneakers or something (laughs) stupid and um so I go in there ready to do my little ballroom waltz and it started with crawling on the floor (laughs) and I think there was some rolling (laughs) that happened and then it was like just feel it I just want you to feel it and so I was doing leaps and uh, it was the worst thing. And I don't even know if I can fully describe it, but it was horrible. And so then when I was done, they were like, well, thank you very much. It was just the thank you very much. Um, we'll be in touch. <laughs> and then my agent was like, what did you do? And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? They didn't even have me sing. I don't know what happened. He said, um, well, they realized the mistake when she started to move. <laughs> and um, Frank Wildhorn said, I don't care if she can sing like Jesus. Um, I can never look at that girl again with a straight face. <laughs> and that's the end of my story. Oh my <laughs> and then, Stephen, didn't you do when you were doing Civil War, didn't you like bring that up with him or something? No. And he remembered, you- right? I- did (laughs) and he remembered yes um and and he did feel bad that it was all like a mishap and everything that's so crazy he did remember remembered here here here's my story i'm sitting at 
uh, a table at some reception uh -huh. for Civil War. The Civil War, and me and Warren Freeman are like, you know, drinking and eating small plates of things, and this older woman sits across from us. Oh my God, wasn't that a wonderful show? Yes, we loved it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you know, I thought this part oh was better God. than that part. Yes, it was. This woman goes on and on. We're just talking about the show, talking about the show. And she says, well, have you met Frank? And I said, oh, uh, no, we haven't met Frank. <laughs> and she said, well, I'm his mother. And so she immediately went and got Frank to, Would you want, do you want to meet him? And we were like, oh, yes. So then she went and got Frank and we got to uh, talk to Frank because thank God I didn't say anything <laughs> about the show Whoopsie. But we were that right across crazy. from his mom. Isn't that I know crazy? you never know who you're sitting with sometimes. Never. Which is why you should always be careful what you mm -hmm. do. <clears throat> but I will say what I was thinking was um, now let's clarify. This was not for our production. That's what I was Alicia. This I was, was like, for the I don't reboot. Know if, you guys, if, if you guys knew Warren then. I figured it was the reboot. No. We did not know Warren then. Yeah. Yeah. No, this was like Freedom Song. No, this was me thinking to myself. There's a song <laughs> in here called For the Glory. And we're talking about war. And one of the first things that we try to teach each other, even like through our children, is that fighting mm -hmm. is sort of bad. But yet we're kind of watching a show that somehow is trying to find a way to make it seem like, I don't know. Do you know what I'm going to say? I'm just going to say this. Every time I see a sign that says mm. Civil <clears throat> War reenactment, I, I think to yeah. myself, what are y'all reenacting? I don't understand that. I, my sister and, and I were talking about that the other day. Like, it seems like, I don't know. I guess I kind of wonder, is it for people to see... I mean, because there's no, they don't change what happened. So I don't understand the the desire to relive battle movements and like. Well, there's yeah, no reenactments really of World yeah. War Two. Well, I will say this, and we can change the subject. I saw a tremendous documentary about the influence of Scottish. Huh. heritage in America that really became the fabric of a lot of things <laughs> because the the, cl the clans in Scotland <laughs> were very much well, used to fighting other clans and they became uh, a, a brand new group in America and this, this documentary by a Scottish hmm. guy was fascinating. Why is Scottish to are you Betty Davis? Steven, I was schooled in, in Virginia public schools. I did not use most of the alphabet. They were Scottish. And I never. Yeah. I'll have you know, my, my Nevermore was a Jeopardy question. Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Back when you still had teeth. Oh, Alex Trebek. That's right. Nevermore. Fun fact. There was a, a, a Jeopardy question that Alex Trebek, God rest his soul, um, Red, this musical has the critics <laughs> raven. That's so cool. And it was no, Nevermore. Matt is a Jeopardy you? question. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Well, I would like to thank our guest tonight <laughs> to put the spotlight back on me. <laughs> An evening with. An evening with. No, you know what? It's funny. I did not know this, and now I've learned this. Like, if I think if, like, if you have anything like a Kathy Lee Gifford name or a title like Titanic or anything mm -hmm. that's like a historical happening oh. you can't own it so therefore the reason there are two Nevermore musicals is gotcha. because no Got one it. owns the word Nevermore and they contacted Signature and said hey just let you know we are using this in Jeopardy but we're not asking your permission okay. well, we're just telling you, you know it's happening. happening just so that you could 
watch. And so they did let me know. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that was kind of silly. We have it. We have it on tape somewhere. <laughs> I got it on a VHS somewhere. <laughs> of course, it's I on the got VHS. VHS. Yes, VHS. Um, oh, listen. I have listen, no I didn't have a DVR. I still don't have a DVR. Owning a VHS. In fact, I wish I still had one. Same. Yeah, I just, I just uncovered all my old VHS tapes, and I was like, oh, I have no I've way of watching them. And I've kept mine in the hopes that VHSs I you have... know, become cheaper again because right now they're hard, they're expensive. Yeah, they really are. I have three. I have three TV VCR combos. I have one, but like the record, the rewind, the rewind on one of. And mine I'm using all working, of them, <laughs> so it started eating my tapes, and I was like, I can't use you anymore. Well, I know everybody would like to see the video of me playing Anita in West Side Story. Yes. Um. In 1995. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that needs to come out of the, yeah. The, oh. Exactly. That's, well, that's all the, the culturally joke. inappropriate. Kind of. Also, I'm sure Willow would love to see your dance moves. Oh, my gosh. I mean, so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm sure, I, I'm sure everyone would like to see my version of Chino in West Side Story. Hashtag inappropriate. Um, so we are going to wrap this up. I just want to real quick, put a plug in selfishly for ourselves. Uh, actually, uh, Alicia, you appeared on Molly's salon uh, actually, uh, two on weeks January ago, 6th. right? On insurrection day. That oh, was, on course, insurrection day. Wow. A lot of the discussions for everyone she talked to that day. Cause we were all in rehearsal. Like we had like a, a rehearsal like around two o'clock that day, like a little before two that day. And so we were all online, just, you know, like just going through all the mechanics and technical stuff. And then Molly's wife, Suzanne hopped on and I, I love her. And she was like, um, so they raided the Capitol. We were like, what? We were in uh, Matt's teaching, you know, all day. I was working downstairs. I would run up in between meetings yeah. and we would just like mouth, a, scream at each other like, oh was. my God, what's happening? <laughs> I had I had my TV on mute so I could still watch it. But at like 4.30 and to 5.30, I have a brother and sister team who I adore. I, I can't quite always understand <laughs> half of what they're saying. So I just kind of fill in the rest. And And the one girl said, Turn it down to her parents. And I was like, what is it? What is happening? And she said, oh my gosh, all the politics, all the politics. Yeah, that was a crazy day. But anyway, we are going to be is. on Molly's Salon this Thursday night at seven. And we'll be talking about, I'm sure. The fallout from this week and anything else that pops up, you know, and Molly she doesn't always tell has you incredibly what smart ask, questions. So and that's so you just roll with the punches. And I love it. I love it. I yeah. love that. And I think it's always a smart um, program. It was really interesting last week. Uh, Alice Ripley was on. Um, it, it was just a really cool evening. So we look forward to it. So everybody go to Arena Stage and check out. Molly Salon this Thursday at seven and anything you guys want to say to our listenership of like, tens you know, there are people. tens of people listening to this. Uh, nope. I don't have anything tens. to promote other than that. I love all of you. All of these people in this podcast are some of my favorite people in the world. I loved spending time with all of you tonight and Wesley, your website, again, we mentioned before, but can you say oh, it one more time? Lost Wesley. <clears throat> okay. Wesley Woodley Photography. Check it out. I wonder if we could actually put oh, up maybe. her. Actual... I mean, oh, I'm here. Oh, there she is. I think probably... I bumped the mute with my face. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hey, I do that least, with my big ear all the time. At least she didn't even, like die. The phone didn't die. No, I know. I actually have. I, I do at least have like twenty percent. We're good. <laughs> I don't think you guys understand. It's WesleyWoodleyPhoto.com. What is your website again? And I'm actually in the middle of getting a new website because it's I have awesome. a terrible old um, website. But I'm also on the Instagram. Same thing, Wesley Woodley Photo. That's right. <clears throat> That's how I contacted you last night. 
Well, thank you love, all. Love, it's love. been a blast. I love you both. Matthew, any? Nope. We're just sending love to everyone in these very sort of unique times that we are learning about. And hopefully we are going to um, kind of transform into the future, whatever that might be, artistically, financially, uh, spiritually, all of the all of the leads. <laughs> There's a lot of leaves there. A lot of leeway. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thanks everyone for listening. And we will see you next time. Matthew and I always share this quote at the end of the episode that he originally said, turn oh, your yes. heart <laughs> into Love. art. Bye, bye, guys. bye everybody. Thanks for having me. Bye. Love.